Welcome, everybody, to Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We're coming to you from WPPB, Long Island's only NPR station. It is also the end of fundraising week, so if you'd like to make a donation, please go to 883wppb.org if you want to keep programming like this on the air. And uh, Alec and I have a great... We also are coming from the Bridgehampton Inn. Oh, geez. Yeah, we sure are. I just had one of their... Magnificent, uh, stately... Historic. It is. I just had a croissant too, and it's so good. They're open Delightful, for breakfast. Flavorful. I'm not saying the best, but Bridgehampton Inn. Yes, it, it, the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant, which is on Main Street, Bridgehampton. Uh, it's a little bit west of kind of the main, main drag, but it's the most gorgeous place, and they do serve breakfast to the public. Uh, I think seven days a week, and they have dinner, a really fantastic dinner, a gourmet dinner. It's beautiful, cool. and the rooms are gorgeous. Anyway, um, it's fall. It is fall. And I've noticed, um, you and I were talking before we went on the air, that fall is a time where a lot of people get a little kind of, what was the word you used? Angsty? Angsty, absolutely. I I think that um, it's been an interesting week. I know, Bridget, last week you were were off. um, I went on a yoga retreat up to to the Berkshires. Right, which is part of a new um, uh, priority. I think you've changed your priorities a little bit about self-care. I would even say I rediscovered an old one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, sure. Going back to that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, but the fall, I think, brings out a lot of, at least for me, um, you know, just the, the sense of, of withering a little bit. And then also of, without being like the grasshopper and the ant, uh, am I set for winter? And But yeah. I think, don't you think that's instinctual? I mean, I kind of think that comes from like our cerebellum, like that comes from our I'm a dollar, whatever you want to call it. The the reptilian brain is like, do you, are, am I ready? Speaking of that, you yes. know, I mean, I, uh, but among the things that happen, I have a little chest cold, but fine. I'm also, I think I'm you sound sexy. Off, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm weaning off of an antidepressant, right. which I took my last And I'm weaning, morning. I'm weaning onto one, yeah, just as usual to show that we, my, my family had an intervention to get me back on antidepressants. Yeah. And I've been so. on and off them at different times in my life. And yes. so uh, it happens that uh, for whatever reason, this is the moment. Uh, and, and so that's also made this fall a little bit more, I've been more sensitive to like the angstiness or the, the ishiness inside of me and the need to try and um, balance that out with things in the physical world, to try and find a little bit more calmness. It's funny because when we bring on our guest, uh, Alejandro Saralegi from Madu Conservancy, uh, well, Madu, I, I've been familiar with Madu since... Bob was there many, many years ago, and we'll talk about all of that. One of the things they say in Ayurveda uh, medicine, and and it just makes common sense, when you are depressed, take your shoes off. I mean, not in December or January. Go outside, put your feet on Mother Earth. Put your feet, feel your toes in the grass. And that is supposedly an instant uh, mood elevator, like to somehow communicate with nature. Yeah, and I, and I had read... Uh in the last several months, uh, somebody had been studying that uh, music and gardens are the, the two areas that you can find calmness uh, without uh, chemical medication help and stuff. That it's- well, and, and of course, you know, now that it's fall, people are thinking, well, yeah, well, gardens aren't going to be open for much longer. But um, I, I know that there's, I mean, besides Madhu, and of course, we're going to bring on Alejandro in a minute. You know, there's also Longhouse, there's Bridge Gardens, there's many, many places. And then there's also the East End Trail Preservation Society that's grouped for the East End. They're all having walks through the winter. So 
it is so important, especially when we're all in front of our screens. I mean, I just go from one screen to another, another from the minute I wake up, and I and, and I you know justify what's so pathetic, it. and what's so pathetic but, with me is is that I will actually be like checking my texts on my phone and put my phone down and then check my text on my computer yeah. as if like I'm getting different ones on a different yeah, device. Yeah, I know. We, well, we all do that. And it's so important for us to put it down. And and I, and because I went away for that, well, first I went away with Eric up to Kripalu for Usually five days. Usually like that then... phrase of like, I went away upstate means like you did time. <laughs> you, you like I went away. I served my nickel. Right, yeah. You, know, you served a number or a, a letter. Like it's better to serve a number because a number means you get out. A letter is like a, yeah, tag, yeah. a tag tag. A tag, 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 tag. So. No, but, but my point is, is that it, it gave me a chance to re- um, to kind of recommit and to, you know, re-energize, renew, restore, and realize how connected we are to nature. Yeah. And it is so important. And we live in this glorious area. And uh, we actually did an uh, editorial about this in The Independent during the film festival about how, you know, the greatest, uh, the greatest movie or the greatest entertainment is right outside your front door when you just look at a right. tree. You but know? we also have, and, and this now is going to kind of go into like this other area, is fall in America means consumption, the consumption of Halloween, the consumption around Christmas. Uh, and I think that that might be another reason why people get a little angsty. And family, Thanksgiving. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I think that like w part of this conversation for me is I I'm so anti how that makes me feel. The the need to consume and the need to, to buy and give to just feel something when you can go outside and just feel something. Or you can actually, in the case of Madhu, you can go and, and that sit in, in one of the little enclaves and, and, you know, feel the fall Commune. in a, in a yeah. healthier way. So, One of the other um, Ayurvedic medicine things that anyone can do, and I have found this to be extremely helpful with depression, is if you, um, you don't even have to be outside, just sit in a sunny spot, um, but it's always better if you're outside, and just almost close your eyes so you can see your eyelashes and let the sun play on your eyelashes for 15 minutes and right, your serotonin, so it's a, it's it a actually- It's of, of being present. No, but actually it increases your serotonin levels. Yeah, it, I think smiling so, and looking upwards yeah, helps. It's absolutely true. Yeah. And um, do you think we should take a break? Let's take a break. I mean, this is a little kind of intimate conversation, but we'll bring Alejandro on and we'll actually talk about his journey out to the East End and uh, also all of his work uh, at, at Madhu. Yeah. So you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Lockwood. Coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB-FM, Long Island's only NPR station. We'll be right back. Funding for WPPB comes from The Independence, presenting Tabling Time, a new storytelling dinner series, 7 p.m. every Thursday in October at Rosie's in Amagansett, featuring weekly special guests sharing topics such as birth, wisdom, love, sacrifice, and death. The evening includes a locally sourced three-course dinner and a chance to share your own stories as well. Tickets and information are on the Independent Newspaper's Facebook page. All right, we're back. Sunday's on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex. <laughs> Alec was off for a minute still thinking about this holiday. and <laughs> I was in my happy place. You, you were? It looked like you were overthinking. Are you sure? The Bridgehampton Inn is my happy place. <laughs> That's awfully sweet. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB. And we're going to bring our guest on, Alejandro Saraleghi from Madugu. And welcome. Welcome. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Bridget. Hey, Alex. It's good to see you. Pleasure to be here. 
Um, so I, I want to yeah. dive in and just uh, what is a dazzling urbanite like yourself doing in a <laughs> rustic setting like this? Um, right out of place and saddles. Not sure about dazzling, but. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we went, we went to high school together. That was so Mel Brooks. I think we watched Blazing yeah, Saddles exactly. together. Okay. On Sorry, the Upper East Side, I'm going to point out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I grew up in the suburbs and ended up working at the Met um, right near Trinity where y'all went to school. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what did you do at the Met? I worked in education. Um, they have a really great intern program, and I worked on that program. Um, and I think we fooled around in a bush next to the mat. I bet you did. I, I, <laughs> you're not I, the yes, only ones. We, yes, we did. It was a long time ago. I think it was an obelisk. Okay, it was an obelisk. <laughs> the obelisk. Yeah, you, Cleopatra's you, needle. Yeah, exactly. you wish it was an obelisk. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to. Continue. I just please. turned bright red. Uh, yes, you did. Um, so anyhow, so um, that, you know, it was a great time at the Met, and then I worked at Interview Magazine. Um, and what'd you do po at Post-Andy. What'd you do at Interview? Um, I was Ingrid Sishi's assistant okay. there wow. um, for a couple of years, and then I worked at wait, galleries. Wait, wait, so wait, 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 wait. You're going too fast. So how did you get from art to doing uh, Well, Interview at the time was a really arty magazine. So I stayed right. in the art world. But you were writing, or were you um, Writing and, you know, we, you know, all sorts of assist. At Interview, everyone did everything, sort of. Right. Um, it was a very collaborative time there. Yeah. Um, and then worked at galleries. I worked for um, the Sander Gallery, which um, there's a uh, a German photographer from the 20s, um, August Sander, who's really famous. Mm. And it was his grandson's gallery. And we put up some really great shows. Um, and then and, crazily enough, moved into fashion. You but know? I'm, I'm curious, like during all of this and maybe in your childhood, did you have a connection to as I say, Mother Earth, but Gaia, you know, nature. Did you ever feel that or was that? Yeah, I was a kid, you know, in school with a big L, you know, on his forehead. Oh, we had that I was too. trying to decide whether I wanted to be a horticulturalist or a curator, and I decided to be a curator. And hence, and, and I, I wanted and I to be a curator. I decided to be a whore. There you go. <laughs> and I decided to be a culturalist. So we're, we got all the bases covered here on Sundays of the East End. Yeah, that's cool. So so do you, um, do you see yourself as... Uh, or just among the ways um, that you're drawn to the de the design and the sense of uh, aesthetic, or do you see it as kind of more of a green thumb, getting your hands dirty? And it, it's a combination of everything at Madhu, because you know it's also like it's very administrative. It's you know it it, it hand it, you know we deal with fundraising. How long have you programming. been there? I've been in Madhu for 10 years. Wow. You've been there for 10 years. So yeah. you knew Bob? So yeah, I worked with Bob for okay. four years. I'm sorry, Bob... we're talking about Robert Dash, the artist whose Madhu was his home. And yeah. he also had an art studio there. I used to go to salons with, with Bob. He wrote a column for the East Hampton Star. Uh, what was it called? Much Ado about Madhu or something yes, like that. Yeah. Why, why is it called Madhu? It means my dove in Scottish. Sorry, yes. didn't mean to step okay, on so, your, so... didn't mean to slow your roll there. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, Bob, Bob has this, you know, very interesting multifaceted career where he was homeschooled, was a piano prodigy as a child, went to the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque, met Georgia O'Keeffe, got into writing poetry there, came back to New York, uh, worked, you know, at Arts Magazine, Art News, writing reviews, writing poetry, and he started painting in about 1958 with Alex Katz. So you have this person that's moved 
from music to poetry to art. And when he moved out here into gardening, he'd always garden kind of like well, me. Like I had always I liked my gardening. Folks, my folks had an Alex Katz, I think. Like that's that's really that's cool. Very, that's very good. Uh, <laughs> hold, hold the phone here. This sounds like someone else's journey where they start with uh, writing and art and end up gardening. And I'm talking about you, Alejandro. Yeah. Like it sounds like yeah, your journey I mean, is very similar, similar to Bob's. Similar, except for Bob's a lot more brilliant than me. Uh, that, um, well, you still have some time left. You I still, still have time, kiddo. Time I do, I do. Anyway. Um, no, it's Madhu, so, so anyhow, back to, back to my trajectory out here. Um, I was in fashion, and that's a very tough world in New York. Um, and, and, and what were you doing in fashion? Production and design. Okay. In New York so for, you're small, still, so for small design, designer collections. So your design muscle was growing. I mean, you like from the Met, which sounded like, all right, so you're doing education, but you go to interview, and you're starting to get your hands dirty in like the actual creation of something. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and then, then you are actually creating something right, physical. Right. So we're almost at the place where you're going to be planting something in right. a way. And the whole issue is that I can see something in my head, but it doesn't reach my hand. So I can't draw. Right. right. I can't draw and I can't paint. I mean, I doodle around here and there, but that didn't you know, it just wasn't. So this, these <laughs> were, this, this is, yes, you know, you did. Oh my God. Okay. You're, you're totally right, Alex. I mean, it's, it's a way of my creativity coming out yeah. at the end of the day. Um, that's, you know, it, it, that's a, a big, long journey. Um, and I found myself at Madhu and really enjoying it. Um, and Bob and I got along really well. And Bob was, you know, somewhat difficult. Um, but we got along really well. He was eccentric. He was eccentric, exactly. Um, I mean, he's someone that could, you know, chit-chat about Judge Judy one minute and the next minute talk about the Ptolemies in Egypt in the 4th century BC. Yeah, he and was actually amazing. joke he around about the Ptolemies. I used to go over Egypt. there and talk to Bob all the time. I, we, we had such a lovely time together and he always had Bloody Marys at the ready. And uh, we had the most, I really, I went over there and just would hang out with him alone sometimes and we would have the most fantastic conversations. And he was a huge fan of Julie Christie and she's a, a friend of our family. So I brought her there uh, once and she nice. he gave her a, a lovely tour of the place. It was a very long time ago, probably 30 oh, years right. ago. right. You, you were mentioning before that... Uh, yeah, well, he had a way of communicating that. Well, if I can tell the story, Midwestern roots. Yes, he he did. He had a bit of a, and I'll you know tell me if I'm going too far, but he did have a bit of a a British accent, which he may have picked up or acquired somewhere. It was more like. Was it royal? Was it like no, 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 it was like, no, no, no. I more like... enjoy this. No, no, it no. was sort of like more like this. It was kind of like a little bit of British. So Julie, he was giving Julie Christie this tour, and she she turned to him and she said. Oh, are you English? And he said, uh, no. <laughs> it was just no. a kind of a funny voice. He just moment. had like a very erudite voice. Yes. Kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of who. He enunciated. Yeah, he just spoke very clearly. Yes. He, he did. He did. Probably to get know, away from the And he had a really, I mean, he's a big boy. I mean, he was like 6'2". Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a deep voice. And he always, I remember him in like kind of white, like wearing, a, maybe oftentimes, no, 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 yes, oftentimes. Wore, that was his summer outfit. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, outfit. denim and denim. Yes, right, but, he yes. but he cast a shadow both physically and orally. So let's get back to you, Alejandro. It's funny, we have an Alec and we and have Alejandro. an Alejandro. So I, I, I feel left out. Can I change my name to Alec for the day? Alice? Alice. Alexandra. Oh. Yeah, Alexandra. I, okay, thanks, guys. Sandy. Uh, Sandy. So Call you, know, me you Sandy. know what I love about the, 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 your name, Alejandro, though, is that, is that you don't shorten it. Because in America, everybody shortens everything. And there's Maybe you have nicknames that you... I, yeah, get, I, I have a zillion nicknames. Okay, but it's a uh, very good name. It yeah, is. It's, and it's enough of a name that, it's a one, that I'm a one-name person. Right. <laughs> uh, and my last name's such a mess. But um, <laughs> no, I grew up, I grew up as Ali. 
as okay. Ali? Okay. Yeah. But and we'll at, call and you at home, I'm Ali. And then Ali devolved with really waspy friends into Ollie. <laughs> and you know, from there, you know, there you go. I'm just sure. not. I'm not Al. Okay, yeah, okay. that's probably the only. Don't thing. call you Al. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not an Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually dun, have dun. only been called Al a couple times in my life, and I called you Al, and you were absolutely horrified. It's just I don't seem I can handle Alex. I can handle yeah. Alan. Somebody called me Alan yesterday. I don't really care. Yeah, but Al. Is just I call like, you sock most of the time. So yeah, the sock, the bridge. We almost called this. This is almost called the bridge and sock yeah. hour. And Alex said to to Wally Smith, who's the uh, director of the station, he said, "It sounds like we're puppets." Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The Bridge and Sock Hour. Hi, how are you doing? Anyway, let's get back to you and your journey. Okay, so, and, my and, so, so, and so, so had you spent time out on the East End before you got involved with Madhu? Yeah, I've been coming out here since I, since I was in seventh grade or so. So you have like a real connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how and did I've you hear about this job? Here. And I was work. What? I used to work for Jimmy Topping at Topping Screenhouse on Town Line Road. Okay, so you did. It wasn't the first time that you were. Getting no, involved. I learned a ton. But I learned a ton with Jimmy. You know, Jimmy's brilliant mm -hmm. and just an incredible plantsman and design garden designer. So I learned a lot with Jimmy. And at the beginning, the Madhu job was really administrative and sort of a you know personal assistant to Bob. Right. And and then it evolved into actually being Bob's caretaker. And then when Bob passed away, I you know began dealing with the garden and the art collection. So did he did leave you with a vision or a mission? Yeah, one of the one of the um, board members at Madhu, Claudia Thomas, uh, sat him down a few years before he passed away and was like, Bob, look, we've got to figure out what you want for this place for the future. And the biggest takeaway from that, and it's a one-page document, and it's called Words. Um, and the biggest takeaway is that Bob didn't want the garden preserved in amber. So that gives us, um, and us being me and the board, really, uh, a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Madhu is a nonprofit that exists to preserve this garden. Pervert, per, but really, we look at it more as preserving and enhancing this garden. Um, all right, but all right, but even that, it, it's the idea in, in the case of Bob, but the idea that anybody would start a, a garden and want it to self perpetuate and then kind of, no pun intended, but grow and take on different personalities with the seasons and the years. Is a really interesting mission statement, you know. Absolutely, I mean, you know, this, you know, Madhu has been a public garden for twenty-five years, and it's existed for fifty-two years. Bob moved in uh, in the summer of nineteen sixty-seven, so you're looking at a garden that you know developed slowly and has had different iterations. Right. Um, and by the time it became a public garden, it really was established here. Don't you know? you think so it's at that point, it was already 25, 27 years old. I mean, you must have a relationships. I know you do with Rick at uh, Bridge Gardens and uh, at Longhouse because we're lucky enough to have, I mean, three yeah, places exactly. here. But but the but the Jack Lenore Larson and the Bob Dash thing is really similar where these two, you know, well-known and well-respected artists turned their homes into these public gardens with absolutely with yeah. art and i mean and they're so different that's the thing you know you you, you, yeah. you have to see them both and bridge gardens all three have different mission statements they have different ideas different uh layouts landscapes it's it's yeah. so amazing that we're so lucky now is madu open during the winter i mean how long do you we, stay you open? know it's funny because we used to you know have a very short season from mid-may to mid-september right um and then it about two years ago, we moved it to mid to Columbus Day weekend. So we started opening up more in the fall. 
uh, this fall, we have Lori Lambrecht's Limb to Limb show. Right. Um, on-site exhibition, which is part of the Parish Roadshow series of on-site exhibitions. Well, you know what? That's probably a good place for us to take a break and come back and talk about the programs that Modu does and is doing right now um, and that you're going to continue to do in the future. Is that okay with you? Perfect. Yep. Okay. So you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolov. And our guest Alejandro. Or Al Sokolov. Or Al. We're going to call you both Al. Big I, Al. I do call, that's why I have called you Big Al before. Yeah. Um, and Alejandro Saraleghi from Madu Conservancy. I keep getting the, the, the okay nod from him that I'm saying it correctly. And uh, we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant on WPPB. We'll be right back after this. If you be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty, Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street, he says, Why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention, and all my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model? We're back, Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And we're talking with Alejandro Saraleghi, I can keep saying that name, <laughs> and uh, who is the, well, what is your title at Madu? I'm the director. Director at yep. Madu Conservancy, which is on Ocean Road, isn't it? It's like right down or uh, kind Sag of? Main, actually. It's on Sag Main, I'm sorry. Yeah, Sag uh, Sag, right, I always mix those two up. Right here in uh, the Bridgehampton Sagaponic area. We're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn, so it's right down the road. And um, we're coming to you on 88.3 WPPB. Anyway, we were talking about programming, but first I, I really wanted, like, for people who have not been to Madu, tell me about, like, walking in there. Like, what are people to expect from a place like Madu? What, what, what do you, what's the first thing you see? What is the... It's, you know, the word that comes to everyone's mind is, a ma is magical. And it's a very whimsical garden. Um, it, it's really interesting from a design standpoint. And it's very interesting from a plant standpoint because there's an amazing array of plants. We have some really rare trees in the garden, um, a zillion different perennials, um, a lot of weeds that, you know, sort of tie everything together. But it's also these beautiful little like outhouse, out, not yeah. outhouses. <laughs> well, they are, it is um, an outhouse. Actually. There is an outhouse. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, you know, just there's beautiful. Two, there's two historic structures. One is from 1740 and one's from 1850 more or less. Um, and the loo shed, which we're going to be renovating this winter, hopefully. For the loo shed? The loo shed, Meaning yeah. the outhouse. The outhouse. But Bob would have called it the loo. The, it was the loo. <laughs> it definitely was the loo, uh, which we're renovating into a new entrance. For and, and like, so like the- Do you have to come in up through the hole? No, I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You, the unique trees you're talking about, are they indigenous to this part of the world or are they- No, they're trees, they're trees from all over the world. Um, okay. It's not a native- garden by any stretch of the imagination uh -huh. even though bob was an early adapter to that idea in the 70s really before people were that's talking what, about that sort of thing that's mm. why i know him also because he would always come over to my dad's house because my father was a collector of right. specimen trees so yeah. they'd come over and talk about their monkey puzzles or whatever the hell it was like yeah, you know, exactly. whatever and uh yeah it was great so um so that so when people come in they describe it as magical and there are. I, I, I would use the word enchanted. It's very similar. Yeah. Like it's a very enchanted place. And, and I would even go farther and call it mystical because it feels like there are old spirits there, like there's fairies yeah, uh, in the garden. I mean, you know? it's, it's it, what you were saying before about like actually having your feet on the ground is, you know, ground, ground, not asphalt or not brick, you know, is really important. And, you know, it's not all paths that may do. There, there are portions of the garden where you do have to step on grass 
And sometimes people out here are a little, you know, find it a little scary. The goal of Madhu is to really transport you. And it's a very it's a transporting garden. It it takes you to ancient Rome in one area and it takes you to um Kyoto in another. Uh That's there's so a potager that has its antecedents in uh, the Chateau of Viandry. You know, there's all of this garden history going on. It's basically a little, you know, mini museum of garden design. So tell us a little about the programming. Uh, understanding, of course, that this is right now October of 2019 and maybe rebroadcast some other time. But tell me uh, right now, for, for now, what do you have? You well, have right Gloria now, Lambrecht? Yeah, right now we have two exhibitions up. Um, one is in conjunction with the Parish Museum, and that's the Lori Lambrecht Show. And that's... Um, weavings and photographs that Lori has taken, done at Madhu. Um, and so it's really, and they're in the garden. So it's very site wow. specific. Um, and then the other is Fences and Fields, which is a series of paintings that Bob did in the late 90s um, that have really never been exhibited. Wow. And Are they so different showing, places around here? Different Fences and Fields? No, they're, they're, they're completely imaginary. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Very August Wilson of him. Yes. But it's also, you know, it's and it's very, you know, it's we found, you know, there are these very abstract late paintings of Bob's, and we found a very early one um, from '61 that had the same theme. Um, so he's clearly looking back at his prior work, maybe not with the painting right there, but just memory, and thinking, oh, you know, I want to paint you know, the fields that are quickly disappearing out here. That's so amazing. I mean, to talk about the sense, I, the difference between sense memory and what you see and what you can create from your imagination. Because I think that's something that artists tap into. But I think that we're all capable of tapping into it. We just don't because we're so focused on yeah. w w on the future. I, what, what am I going to be doing today? What am I doing next? I just want to share this. I, I'm reading Bill Bryson's new book, The Body. And um, every page it has like a holy shit moment, basically. But the the best one is um, that our our brains um, take a minute to well, not a minute, but what we see for our brains to process takes one fifth of a second. Now, one fifth of a second is a measurable amount of time. We're not talking about a millionth of a second. We're talking about one Mississippi. Break that into five. You have something, and it certainly makes a difference if you're jumping back from a car or something like that. So everything that we see is actually already happened one fifth of a second ago. Well, but, well all right, but and just to expand on that, um, we don't know. We won't know exactly what time it is at this moment until about twenty four hours from now, because the way that the world's time works is that three supercomputers kind of um, analyze their own look at it, and it takes a day for them to say exactly when yesterday was. And uh, it also means that our brain is always one-fifth of a second in the future because it's putting together what it thinks we're going to see. So it's very, uh, anyway, we got, I got off, sorry, I got off on a, on a tangent. But again, it's coming back to that magical, mystical creation and visionary artistic bent that Robert Dash was so known for and what helped him to create. And so, and do. Do, you, do you do actual planting yourself? Yeah, I do more in the greenhouse. We have a little greenhouse, so I do a lot of work in the winter, planting seeds and that sort of thing. I do and, and cuttings. Do, I, like I'm very interested in propagating. Right, and and do and oh, well, I, not, aren't I, we all? I, no, but do people do people? Because I've seen like I I've observed you mostly at the post office, in, in, you know, <laughs> right. where like we both happen to get our mail, 
And I find that when when people see you there, they it's almost like there's this like like everybody's so happy to see you because I think of what what you do and and what Madhu does. Um, do people are people constantly coming up to you and be like, I want to start a garden. What should I do? Like, do I start? Oh with gosh, like, that's horrible. That's like no, that's like if you no, have like a cousin who's a lawyer. No, nobody If you're related to a like, doctor, they're like you're... radishes or <laughs> petunias me, or no, that's nice though because they'll that, ask me a question about yeah. something that okay. maybe they have a problem at home occasionally. Um, I find that there are fewer and fewer gardeners, which is really sad. Wow. So what do yeah. we do to, I mean, is that a program that you guys do on like for junior gardeners or anything like that? Mm-hmm. I know, well, Bridge bridge Gardens is more the that's educational. More that's more that side, right. exactly. So and, Rick, and, uh, and, you know, and honestly, if you, if you think there are fewer and fewer gardeners, that's not necessarily the audience you want to be reaching out to. Right. You don't want to be reaching out to a shrinking audience. You want to be reaching out to a growing audience. Right. So that's where we do, um, people want to experience a garden. So we showed, for instance, last year with the Hamptons Film Festival, we showed Pete Udolph's Five Seasons. It's a movie about Pete Udolph, who is the gardener, the landscape architect who did the High Line, Hauser oh, right. and Worth Somerset. Um, and it was this amazing movie. And we had 80 people in this, in Bob's studio to see a movie. Um, That's so great. So people, you know, it, it experience gardens in different ways nowadays, I feel. Right. Um, and do, and do you think that that speaks to a greater trend in humanity or in Western humanity? Or do you think it's just... Uh... I think it's more our 1%. Yeah. population you know yeah. and i know we're not all one percent here i'm, I'm certainly well not. i like to say that yeah. if you're you I'm, know I'm if, mom and milk person <laughs> <laughs> no i i no if, if i if you have a home and over and three meals a day and you live in the united states you are part of the one percent of at this the end world. of the day you're right so you know because there's a lot of people that you know even here don't have that and yeah it's scary yeah um and we're so lucky so, to live here so on the east end and have these amazing places too Right, uh, but so there are less gardeners, but there might be some gardening guilt that that then leads people to want to try and touch wait, wait, the did, authentic. Did you say gardening guilt? Yeah, because then because it's like because <laughs> I you want to you want to yeah. be authentic. You want to be able to feel something. You're not oh. doing it yourself. So Madhu is another place you can go and actually have an authentic experience. Experience exactly, and get your garden on. Yeah. Get your garden on. That's your next T-shirt, yeah. Madhu. Get, get your, your garden, garden on. on. I'm serious. That's that would be good, awesome. That would good... get the young pe- That would get the youngsters interested. Those, those long are... hairs. Those darn long hairs. Those whippersnappers. Yeah. Would have gotten away with it. <laughs> it wasn't for <laughs> for those pesky kids and their smart pooch. <laughs> Sorry, we, we have a lot of pop culture references on this show. Anyway, so being out there all the time, have you ever? I'm, this is really jumping here. Have you ever had? a mystical or magical experience there that was something beyond your explanation? Because it seems so magical. I wouldn't necessarily say that, but there are things that you see at Madhu that are just so beyond beautiful. It's completely random plants that either Bob has planted or things that nature has planted, you know, via birds and seeds or via the compost that we use. Or something that I've planted um, that all of a sudden, you know, you have no idea. And there's like the most glorious, you know, combination. Perfect example is um, right now in the garden, chicory is blooming. I planted oh, I, radi- I planted radicchio in the vegetable garden, in the potager. Next to it, there's um, peppermint, uh, pardon me, pineapple mint. Oh, I love pineapple, pineapple mint. Pineapple mint has a bright, bright, bright red flower. Who knew that if I left the radicchio bloom because I didn't pick it, 
that it would bloom. I mean, I had no, I mean, and all, what, plant, what color? all plants bloom. <clears throat> Brilliant blue. Okay, wait, so, so you've, you've got, got blue, blue, red, and the purple from the chicory. The chicory is kind of like a blue-purple, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, it's got like, you know, greeny-purple on the Green bottom. Green-purple, yeah. So it's just this beautiful combination that was just, it's painterly. And, you know, and it's it, it's not me, because I had no idea that was going to happen. It's nature happening on its own. It's one plant bumping into the other. And that sort of thing happens at Madhu all the time. So that really is sort of like, sort of magical. And it really is. Yeah. It's, and mystical in its own way. Or the way the light might come through a certain shrub. You know, or scents. Yeah. You know, the fragrances. and That's beautiful. So this really, I mean, is such a, I mean, even though you're still at the, you know, head of a nonprofit agency and, you know, we all know, everybody out here knows what that is like, especially this radio station, uh, to continually get the funds you need and, yeah, and whatever to kind of keep it going. No but, bucks, no Buck Rogers. No bucks, no Buck Rogers. Um, but you also are lucky enough to be after this lifetime of, you know, boom, 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 the Met, and then, you know, Interview Magazine and, and you know, the assistant, and I know that world very well. You know, it's it's very yeah. go, go, go. There must be a little bit of more peace or, or kind of openness in your life now over the last 10 years. No, uh, yes? Yes, You're, yes and look, no. You look thoughtful. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, very, you know, you think, you know, I made it to the beach this summer once. In oh, September. I don't even mean that. I just mean the place where you but where, are yeah, every but where, day. But, so that's one aspect of right. it, where, you know, where, you know, it's very, very difficult to work in a resort community <laughs> because all of your friends are on vacation and you're not. Yes. Um, however, I'm at Madhu. And even if I'm in my windowless office, I get a little bored. I walk out into the garden. Why do you have a windowless office, for God's sakes? Put a window, a window in there. I have a flagellation. Jesus Christ. What's going on there? Catholic, Catholic, Catholic guilt. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will you please, please work on getting a window in your office? We need, we need, we need an oh office God, renovation capital budget. So you go out, you know, and you just, you know, whether it's cold, whether it's boiling hot, and it totally changes your outlook. Yeah. You know, you snap a picture, you put it on Instagram, you let the world know what's going on. And what other programs? So are you open now through the fall because of the Lori uh, yeah. Lambrecht Yeah, so Lori Lambrecht closes November 3rd. On Thanksgiving weekend, we open with Marina Adams. That's amazing. A, so you're really stretching. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're now open basically through New Year's. Did you winterize the the um, one of the buildings or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the main, uh, the big barn, uh, Bob Summerhouse. Yes. was completely renovated about three years ago. Yes, now. that's when I that's when I came and talked to you. Right. For so the, that was you were getting ready for the fiftieth major project for Madrid, right? And and that now has allowed us to do things like the film. We did a concert with the Rolston Quartet from Toronto with the Bridgehampton Chamber Music Festival last summer. Now how many you, people are work on a kind of a weekly basis at Meadow. Um, administratively, it's me. It's me and a part time archivist and a part time. Assistant slash grants writer. And what about the people who get to keep the garden going And then the all gardeners summer? are contracted in, so it really changes all the time. Hmm. And then and we bring in people. We have someone like a horticulturalist helping us now redevelop the long border in, in the on the back lawn. So you say long um, border and I go to surfing, but I know right. that's not what you mean. You mean the long border. Yeah, there's a okay. long border, a garden border. Right, and right. And it's um, that Bob planted, you know, many, many years ago, and it's just in need of renovation and reorganization. Well, I think it's time for us to take another break. This has been uh, it's a wonderful conversation. I love talking about Madhu. It brings back such happy, happy memories. It's Got such it. a magical place. And 
um, we are so lucky here on the East End to have so many places to get out, and it's uh, and it's what we started talking about, which is it's it, it's such a great way to combat depression or that feeling of cabin fever that we all start getting a little bit like time to hoard the nuts, you know, uh, at this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a priceless look, Sock. Anyway, uh, you're listening to us here on Sundays on the East End, and we're on WPPB coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn, and we'll be back in a minute. back. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant serving breakfast every single day to the public. And it is amazing and beautiful. We're in the room we're in now. We used to be out in the in the garden room. And now we're in kind of like this lovely little room with a fireplace. Very cozy for the winter. And we're coming to you on 88.3 WPPB-FM. You can also listen to us online at 883WPPB.org. And you, it's Always time to make a donation, and we are talking about fundraising. and uh, Which which is actually a little bit of a segue to something I think that we're going to talk about with Alejandro. Alejandro's uh, segue, segue, Louis. <laughs> no, yeah. Sarah Leggy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, 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 which is, which is uh, the, the, all of the wonderful growth and programming and experiences you can have at Madhu does come with the need to actually have support. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, you know, it's not a cheap proposition to have a garden. All of us know that in our own homes. It's not, you know, you're paying gardeners, you're buying new plants, you're, you know, leaf, you or know, even breaking the, up leaves, all of it. Or even something. the dream of having an organic, like, vegetable garden like I did. I, I can't keep a ficus alive. So, like, that's, Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, but, but I, like, I, when we moved up to Mariches, I, I planted this huge organic garden and it cost me more money to take care of the plants than to just go buy a damn zucchini at the, you know, at the at the farmer's market. I mean, it costs so much money to damn get the right you, soil. Zucchini. Damn <laughs> you, I'll never eat you again. It does, it um, does. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons this year we changed um, the potager to more of an herb garden. Less, oh, yeah. fewer vegetables, more herbs, less maintenance. It was at the direction of one of our board members, Leslie Close. Who said, "Look, you know, we all love to grow tomatoes, but you can just go go to Pikes or to Mary Lee's and get them for two fifty a pound. This is exactly. going to cost you a small fortune, you know, to hopefully get some tomatoes. Versus, you know, you put down, um, you know, the pineapple sage that we we're talking about right. for a buck fifty a plant, and you know, you I, don't I touch have, it. I have a question. That one, this is a little bit." Um, maybe a, a side trip, but like, how do you handle like the deer and the rabbits? I was just thinking about outdoor creatures too. Like, how do you handle like, it's cause, cause anytime I've tried to grow anything outside, it just gets obliterated. Is it your job it's to hard. chase them it's off hard. the property? It's practically. <laughs> yeah. Shoo, shoo. Um, I, I, I should say that Madhu, you know, the, the, the entire two acres is an organic garden and it's always been an organic garden. Oh, that's very important. So well before organic gardening became important in Bob's sort of like cult, you know, counter-cultural 
wannabe wasp thriftiness mm-hmm. um he started a compost <laughs> pile the first season he started so since 1967 it's been organic and before that it wasn't farmland so it's not um a damaged potato field let's just say right right uh, so you're starting with that and vis-a-vis deer um i'm not a big fan of deer fence personally i think it just pushes it's really unfair it just pushes the deer into another area mm-hmm. um, and that just causes troubles for your neighbors. I, I was trying wow, to remember. That's, wait, that's I, no, lovely. I was trying to remember. Uh, deer fences didn't used to be a thing. And then. No, the, no. We have a much, much bigger deer problem. Yeah. Right. So more, more money, more like. And it deer causes fences. damage. Yeah. It causes damage in lots of different ways that people don't realize or don't want to acknowledge. Um, they damage our forests incredibly. Um, so we're, gonna, we're definitely going to have a problem of not having forests in the future. Well, but we're also cutting, I mean, we can also, this could be a whole show. I mean, the fact that the deer are propagating more over the last, say, 18 or 19 years is because there's been, there was a period where there was more building. So there were more of that kind of like suburban area rather where the deer, so the deer was now infringing on our property when it used to be their property, but it was all made into McMahon's. Exactly, exactly. So and, and, yeah. and, I, and we're giving I, them more food. And, yes. and, so we're, and, we're nourishing them. But right. we're also, on an aesthetic level, I will also say deer fences are rather ugly and intimidating. Uh, they certainly are the opposite of relaxing. They really, um, yeah. they're foreboding. Well, all fences are... Which, you know, which, is, which isn't to say that there isn't deer, there aren't deer fencing, there isn't deer fencing at Madhu. There is some, but we're not completely deer fenced. So, you know, a deer gets in occasionally. So t- tell us this. Because we, we, we're going to be wrapping up in a little while. Um, how do you bring Madhu out of the Madhu, uh, out, out of the conservancy? Like when someone is there, they've got this wonderful feeling from being in this magical, mystical, enchanted garden. What do you do as a mission, like an outreach, so that people can continue to live with Madhu in their spirit or in their heart? Well, you know, the, the goal really is to make Madhu vibrant and um, you know, relevant to our lives. So it is something that you can learn at Madhu. Madhu is made up of something like 17 gardens. So garden areas, garden rooms, enclaves, whatever you want to call them. It is something that you can do at home. You know, you can, someone can grow, you know, a ginkgo grove. The deer aren't going to eat that. It's ginkgos and boxwood. I, that's would, ugh, I hate, remember when you used to walk to Central Park and I'd be well, like, what smells like to, puke? Uh, you can get the male ginkgos and they don't, <laughs> okay, and they don't, okay. and they don't fruit. Okay. Um, so, you know, you can, you can take ideas home. Um, you can take that peacefulness home. It's good for you to come to Madhu. It's, it's, and you have you know, a, a trip planned in the spring. Tell me about, we do. We, uh, we have donor trips that are, that go to, uh, up to now, they've been all to Europe. Um, we started with a trip to Madrid. Last two years ago, we were in Mallorca and Menorca. Last year, we went to uh, Morocco. Oh, so how many all people? M's. About how many people? About fifteen. <laughs> about fifteen people. And this year, we're going Milan. to. This year, we're going to <laughs> exact close. We're going to Rome and the oh. Lazio. And what? The Lazio, the oh, area Lazio. surrounding. Okay, okay. And, and and on these trips, they're all uh, horticulturally centric. They're horticulturally centric, but you know, you're also going to museums. You're visiting artists, you're seeing palazzos, you're, you know, living the life, you know, and it's a, you, the, what's amazing about these trips is the access. You know, we work with amazing tour operators in Europe that have extraordinary access to houses that are, you know, essentially private. And, you know, if you're going to the Prada, which is a public museum in Madrid, 
you're going at eight in the morning and you're having a private tour before the museum opens with one of the head curators. Wow. That's the sort of thing that we do. What do you see like, um, we still have like another 10 minutes or so. What do you see as the, as Madhu going into the future? I mean, what, what is it? Do you want to just kind of, because you said, uh, and it's funny because I'm actually wearing amber today. You said Bob never wanted it to see it preserved in amber. So I assume that means he always wanted to see it growing in some right. way. So what are, what's your dream list for what you would so, want? So there's always, you know, thinking about the future. Right now we have a few capital projects coming up, um, which is, you know, very uh, bricks and mortar, you know, building a new entrance and dealing. And, and a new loo. And a, a new loo, exactly. <laughs> and a new real garden. Um, Can you call are, it Skip to Malu? Exactly. There you go. You guys are very good at this. <laughs> you should all, both should be in marketing. Well, we're both writers, so there it's kind of it's the same uh, thing. Market ourselves. But you know, anyway. you want to you want to see the garden preserved. I mean, yeah. you know, when when Bob passed away, it had reached you know a, a point of you know decay. One might even say. It, it would, it, he didn't want to become compost, though. No, he didn't. No, no, no. He was he was uh, cremated and scattered on the clematis and the roses. Oh, um, how lovely! Yeah, All right, yeah, so yeah. so he's still there. He's, in some Bob way. is Bob, without a doubt, is still at Madeira. Okay. <laughs> we are very cognizant of Bob being at Madeira. See, that's what I was going to say. So you have had like a, a couple little spiritual he's experiences. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, without a doubt, and and you know, and you look to the future, and you just and you want to preserve this amazing legacy. I mean, people often, you know the greatest legacy people can have are, you know, well-raised kids. Um, Bob didn't have children, but he left a beautiful garden to the public. Wow. And it's a, a remarkable wait, wait, wait. legacy. Let's, let's just enjoy that thought for a second. It that probably is so costs beautiful. more to feed and less to educate. <laughs> yes, probably. Um, and probably doesn't stamp out of the room and close the door quite as much. But uh, that's such a beautiful thought that he has that as his, as his legacy. Absolutely. So, Talking about the East End in general, I mean, we have so many of these beautiful gardens, and I know Madhu has been part of like t garden tours and things like that. Sure. You know, talk about what someone else is. The grass do. always greener. The grass is pretty darn green. <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> and Edwina von Gaal will be very happy to know that there's lots of clover in the garden. Oh, in the grass. my friend Edwina, Perfect Earth yeah. Project. She is wonderful about. There's lots of clover in the grass. Lots of clover in the grass. That's great. Uh, yes, that's the uh, the call to not use pesticides or anything non-organic on your what is still called a lawn, but could be called a field or exactly. something along those lines. Hey, you, here's another question: Like, are, are are you guys dealing with any like bowl issues right now? <laughs> no, we're not. Thank because God, no, because because my it. backyard, my back garden, my back thing, I like <laughs> started porch. noticing like a tunnel about a month and a half, two months ago, and now That's it's me. just like it's just like they're just sinkholes because there's so much bowl things happen. Bowl activity. Yeah. And then bowl I've activity. talked but I've talked to other people and they're like, evidently we're having a big bowl thing happening. There might be a big bowl thing, but God willing it won't be happening. You know what's so do. funny though, I, I live of course west of the canal in Mariches and the big thing up there is what are they called? Uh, chuck wagons. No, what do you call them? Prairie dogs. They're neither yeah, I, th of those I think things. they're called MS thirteen. <laughs> No, that's, that's a little what they farther away. In, in the nomenclature? <laughs> no, we have, what are they called? Woodchucks. Woodchucks. But they're so freaking adorable. I love them. No, they're the cutest. We had woodchucks at home. Oh, my God. No, I have no Here problem with wood. I, I, like, want woodchucks to come on my no, lawn. No, you don't want woodchucks. No, because I don't really have a lawn. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just but they dig under be, your house. Oh, I don't want that at all. You don't want that at all. No, I don't want that at all. But they're so cute when I go by them. They're like, oh, hi. Yeah. And they, they look just like yeah, the, you know, they look, look like what Bill Murray was trying to yeah. kill in Caddyshack. They're varmints. Exactly. Little varmints. Which they, 
they actually, I, I think, put in at the end of production because they know they needed something, and then they kind of became like the, the, the almost logo of the film. Was the oh, you mean like they put in the, the whole gopher. Bill Murray character? Well, no, oh, no, the, just the, the gopher. The, the gopher the, dancing, the, yeah, the little the puppet, puppet dancing. dancing. Yeah, yeah, that was really stupid. But <laughs> very huge. memorable. Yeah, yeah no, memorable. Memorable for being that. stupid, ending a good movie with that. Anyway, we talk about movies a lot. Um, what movies have you, you said that the, you showed a, a film. Is that something that you're going to continue? You got to show, yeah. show Bing there. Chauncey, yeah. Chauncey Gardner. Chauncey. In oh, the spring Chauncey there Gardner. will be growth. Bing there, right. Oh right. boy, that which speaks interestingly. Someone mentioned along the, when Trump was elected. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Someone in Paris mentioned, she's like, it just he just reminds me of Chauncey Gardner. Right. If, if Chauncey Gardner was like a psychopathic liar. <laughs> Okay, so, um, but what other programs do you have coming up? So we've got um, the trip to Rome, you've got the Lori Lambrecht, and was there another artist? We had, yeah, we have Marina Adams right, opening Marina Adams. Um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving weekend. Um, she's it's an extraordinary colorist um, that works in the city, and um, we're very, very fortunate to have to be showing her work at Madhu. And we have a holiday market. On December seventh. Wow. Um, when you say a ho holiday market, like, can you can you go get a wreath or some? You can make you can make you can make wreaths. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm can down you please for send that. me this stuff to the independent so I can put it in my holiday oh, calendar? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like oh, yeah. ASAP, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's so it's, awesome. It's, it's wreath making. It's roast chestnuts on an open fire. It's oh my god, you have to have caroling. We have caroling. Well, caroling no, 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 is a little is... weird when you do it at December seventh. Tedding and no, bobbing. it's not too weird. Carol it's not, caroling's okay. always good. Okay. Um, so do you decorate? So do you? you no, we don't you... really decorate Madhu. I mean, well, a little bit, but not really. But we offer, you know, fresh cut greens that are, you know, we prune the garden oh, that morning, and just big bundles of that. So we have people paper can... whites that we grow on site. That's amazing. So people can come and visit Madhu still. We're in uh, end of October right now. Is it open? It's yeah. open um, weekends, noon to f uh, noon to four Fridays and Saturdays um, till November third, and then reopening with that schedule on uh, November twentieth or 29th. Okay, so now before Thanksgiving, more or less. You're, okay. you're ten years in, um, and uh, are really the body and, and soul and mind of Madhu at this moment. Um, is there a favorite growth plant, flower, something that you that just is your go-to in your head? It just speaks my name. Without a doubt. Um, we have a Franklinia alamataha, which is a really interesting tree that your dad probably had. They probably called him Al, too. I yeah. mean, not my dad, the alamataha. <laughs> Except for it's named after Benjamin Franklin. Right. It's a tree that was discovered by John Bartram, um, America's premier oh. botanist in the, 19th, in the 18th century. So I'm about 1780. Nice. Um, he discovered it on the banks of the Alamataha I'm, River. I'm about to actually write something about Benjamin Franklin. I've been like doing a deep dive. Okay, so we have so. a Franklinia Amazing. at Madhu. Yeah. It's a very hard tree to grow. It's a very rare tree. Um, and it blooms from August, mid-August to probably just about now. I haven't looked, but I bet you there's still a bloom or two left. What color are the blooms? White with a big yellow center. It's really mm. pretty, lovely scent. Um, the, the rarity of it, it speaks to Madhu, the history of it. And what speaks to me right now is it's extinct in the wild. So when this guy, when this John Bartram collected the seeds and cuttings from it in 1780 or so, wow. that's the last time it was ever seen in the wild. That's wow, so cool. so that is So all of these plants are genetically identical and they're all essentially brothers and sisters. It's not, oh, hey, that, this tree grows all over the Southeast. Right, right. It grew in one, it ended up growing in one spot and we're lucky enough to have 
you know, one of the great, 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 great grandchildren. And, and when you walk on to Madhu, where is it on the property? It's actually part of the Magnolia Grove, even though it's not a magnolia. Okay, cool. Yeah. How amazing. It's just so, again, I'm just blown away by how lucky we are to have these beautiful nature, um, you know, kind of centers um, uh, yeah, where and, we can and, go to. And I would say also these, an oasis. I mean, that, yes. that uh, for people that come out here for their holidays or their, their, their trophies of other lives lived, it's a, it's a chance to kind of stop and, and yeah. smell the flowers literally. But for people who live out here, for people who are out on the East End, uh, I think that it's as important to be able to, to access the things that are so unique about this part of the world and, uh, and realize that uh, you cannot put a dollar amount on that experience. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like a lovely place to bring us to a close for today. I'm definitely going to go over to Madhu. I love it there. And uh, I encourage everyone to take a walk outside, get a little sunshine on your face, maybe a little of that natural vitamin D, and uh, turn up the corners of your mouth, as Alex said earlier. And mm -hmm. uh, is, does, is there a website? Yeah, madhu.org. That's easy. M-A-D-O-O dot O-R-G is the website. And the website for our radio station is 883WPPB dot org. And both places. And org is like one letter backwards from grow. Indeed it is. Go get back into bed now. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Just <laughs> leaving you with something like, what the f is he talking about? Oh, sock. Uh, okay. Anyway, well, it's been wonderful to have you, Alejandro Sarah Leggy from Madhu Conservancy Thank right you. here. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about the wonderful legacy that Robert What's Dash has left there? for us. And uh, we also want to thank our producer, Delaney Hafner, for doing another glorious job of making Who's us Who's going awesome. off on her own vision quest. Yes, yes. How Thank exciting. you for your service. Yes. And uh, we will be back with you next week. Alec, you want to take us out? Sure. Everybody have a really good week. Uh, try and find a moment to be still and, uh, you know, smell the flowers, appreciate the sunlight uh, that we still have before the clocks turn for some God forsaken reason. Um, and everybody be well and stay well.
Thank you.